0: And now, Spotlight Montana with Laurel Staples.
1: Hello, everyone. In this episode, we continue our series on the opioid crisis and how it's impacting the region and what agencies are doing to fight it. But today, we're exploring the pharmaceutical side of all of this. And my guest today to talk about that is Kim Matson. She's with the Department of Pharmacy Practice at the University of Montana in Missoula. Welcome, Kim. Thanks for Thank coming you. down. Thank you so much. When it comes to the pharmacy side of all of Mm -hmm. this, what are your biggest concerns? Um, I think it's trying to
0: give the right information for people so that they can be safe with their medications, Um, making sure this is something that a pharmacist can do if there's a person who has a new prescription for the opioid and we can help guide them as how to safely use the medication. Um, So I think that's one part of it the other one is making sure that they can uh, store the information or the um, the medication safely so that kids can't get into the medications and then how to dispose of the medication once they're done using that prescription so i just that's our main purpose, I guess, or service, I guess.
1: Well, go ahead and just before the podcast, we were talking Mm -hmm. a little bit about uh, some misinformation that you thought was out there and you wanted to clarify. And that has to do with fentanyl.
0: Yes. Fentanyl has been around for years and it's been used in the hospital setting for a number of years. And I just want to let people know that it actually is a safe drug or medication. It's only when it's used outside of the hospital when people don't know how to use it correctly that it can actually be um, deadly. Mm -hmm. So I just want to get that information out there that fentanyl itself is not a bad drug, it's how it's used that can be unsafe.
1: Mm -hmm. and talk about that part the unsafe how it's in what ways it used it's mixed with heroin right yeah we're seeing that in montana now
0: yeah the fentanyl is very potent and so you don't need very much in order to have the effect of the pain um, you know uh, alleviation for the with the drug Um, and so and when it's used in heroin Um, it's so potent that the people who are using it that they don't realize that it might be mixed in with it and it can cause your breathing to stop. And that's really, you know, scary for somebody or it can be deadly. So it's more that the people who are using the medication or the fentanyl, they don't know that they're using it and that could
1: be a problem. Mm -hmm. Okay. What do you think needs to be done? Just more information needs to get out there, more awareness Um, on that? Well, I think it's... There's a lot
0: of different people that are working on this, and I think it's not just one thing that's going to solve this, this um, crisis. I think working as a group, whether it's uh, physicians, pharmacists, uh, law enforcement, you know, le- or legal um, laws that are improved or you know, passed, it's, it's all these people that are working on it together. It can't just
1: be one group. So. Absolutely, takes a mm-hmm. takes a village yes, there. Yes, it does. You also mentioned that storage is, is something that's of a concern for you. Yeah, I think a lot of people
0: don't realize that having it, you know, these medications in their, their house that other people might get into it, such as kids, or these medications are, um, it's are they're sold on the street. So if somebody has that in their, you know, prescription bottle in their, Um, in their kitchen or something, somebody else might steal it. Um, So it's kind of an attractive um, drug to to seal. So I think making sure that you really store the
1: medication safely is really important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also dispensing medicine, you mentioned that was a concern.
0: Yeah, I think just making sure that people know how to use the medication correctly Um, And that's where a pharmacist can help if you're having any doubts of how to interpret what the, how the prescription was um, written by the uh, physician. Mm -hmm. Um, We can help you understand when it says, we take one or two tablets every six hours as needed for pain. Well, what does that really mean? That puts a lot of pressure on the, the patient or the person to interpret what that means and I think that's where a pharmacist can be very helpful to say well you know this describe um, how what your pain is I mean a lot of people are aware of your scale the pain scale of zero to 10 10 being the the worst pain you've ever had well the pharmacist can actually you know maybe give you some guidance of like well when your pain is maybe three to five you use one tablet mm-hmm. if it's three you know, five to to seven, then maybe use two. So we can help you
1: understand how to use that medication safely. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. and there's also like a prescription take back day. How long should you hang on to those medicines? I mean, I I do know Uh, that people, some people with chronic pain mm -hmm. need the medicines all the time, but then there's those with um, temporary pain. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I think as long as you're, if you're not using the medication, frequently, then I would say it's probably something that needs to be disposed of. Mm -hmm. And there are a number of um, pharmacies and actually the police department here has a, it looks like a a mailbox, but it's a drop box that you can actually drop off any unused medication and get it out of the house. Mm -hmm. So, and I can give you that information on um, the locations if you'd like.
1: So mm-hmm. talk a little bit about the chemistry behind addiction. Mm. How does it happen? I know I had a recent surgery three mm-hmm. months ago. I had a couple of days with the Oxycontin that they sent me home with, and I, I thought it was horrible. <laughs> uh, so yeah. I got rid of it right away. Yeah. Uh, so talk about the chemistry be- behind it.
0: Uh, well, it's actually complicated, but I'll just say that um, everybody is different and how somebody is going to react to a certain medication is gonna be different. So um, it's just really helpful to know that we're all different and you can't mm-hmm. just assume that what works for you doesn't gonna work for me. Sure. Um, the opioids in the body do work in the brain and, and there are cent- centers in the brain that um, the opioids work on. And if somebody has pain, then the opioids block that receptor to say, we don't feel that pain anymore. Um, and, and everybody has different receptors and some people are more sensitive than others. So, and how the addiction works is the, there's parts in the brain that actually say, oh, I like this, this is, mm-hmm. I want more of this. And so it kind of starts down that, that road of addiction.
1: Hmm. Okay. And again, it's, it's really it's how your body responds yep. to it and how it processes the drug. Yep. Sure. So, yeah. what are pharmacists dealing with now mm. and the, the students that are in the pharmacy programs, what did they face? Um, I think we're
0: trying to be the, the uh, we call it the gape. gape gatekeeper, sorry, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, between the prescriber and the patient. So we kind of see, we're on the front line of how these medications are dispensed and who's receiving it. Um, That's a challenge, so sometimes we might suspect that somebody is overusing a certain medication. We do have, it's called the Montana Prescription Drug uh, Registry, so we, all pharmacies are required to give their information on what um, opioids are dispensed to a certain person. And we can um, use that database to query is somebody getting their prescriptions over here, over here, over here. So we can actually see if somebody is starting to abuse the medication. So then we can talk to the provider and say, I'm not sure if you're aware that this person is filling different prescriptions in different pharmacies. So I think that's the 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 difficulty, and the other other part it also, I guess, would say is um, we aren't dispensing as much medication anymore for patients, and they get frustrated. And so the pharmacy, the pharmacist, the, the students, hear that and so it's very hard to have that conversation saying that you sorry we don't have that prescription for you but we can be helpful maybe giving um, advice on how to use other types of non-opioid prescription or over-the-counter medications okay
1: so so more sharing of data Mm -hmm. maybe to streamline that what else do you think should be done to curb this problem
0: um i think it's, it started a long time ago, back maybe in the early 2000s, that we thought that people were not getting their pain controlled enough. So they started, they meaning the physicians, started to prescribe more medication. Um, and I'm not trying to blame the providers, it's just that was kind of the culture of, we weren't treating the pain enough. Mm-hmm. And now we've kind of seen how we've, we have too many Opioids out in you know the public, and now we have to shift you know away and using other medications to treat the pain and not just the opioids. Mm. So it's kind of been this um, paradigm shift. That's we're in that um, that point where it's really difficult for the people who are used to having their opioids
1: filled and now they're not. Mm. So we kind of hear those stories. Also um, some people are going after the drug companies now. Missoula County mm-hmm. is the one of the latest yeah. to sue the drug companies. Your thoughts on that? Um, I do think they played a role
0: and I think you know there are I think a number of reasons why we are where we are but I think they're um, I think there is a valid point to go back to these grub, the drug companies because I think um, they kind of knew. This is my opinion, but I think they knew what they were doing, and um, and I think we've they were part of the reason that we are where, where we are. Well,
1: mm-hmm. getting back to the University of Montana mm-hmm. and the program there, has the curriculum changed to? Um, to meet what's happening out there with opioid addiction.
0: Yeah, we well, I this last spring I did a, uh, a whole le- or lecture series in the spring on this, this um, opioid crisis, mm-hmm. and it gave the the pharmacy students. We actually had some other students that took the class, um, but we wanted I, I wanted to show that all these different people or groups are working on this as a whole. Um, I don't We don't have the time in our regular um, concric- curriculum to address all of this, um, just because you know, we have so many other things that we have to address. But so this class was designed to kind of, add more information that they wouldn't have had in their other classes. Mm-hmm. So it was very well received and um, and I was very pleased how, how well it was received. And so I'm planning to do something similar next spring. It may not be only on the opioids crisis, but I might be looking more at addiction in general. Okay, mm-hmm. will you be
1: offering something for the public at some point since there's so much interest in this? It's
0: my, my desire to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything formally, um, Set up right now, but I think there is the uh, the wish that we would do something like that. I might be looking at something at the university to do something more for the public, um, but right now I don't have that. To or possibly offer. a partnership
1: with mm-hmm. some of the local organizations yep. and yes. agencies. Okay. Yes. Uh, well, how can the public help out with this?
0: I think um, learning more about this this crisis. I think one of the outcomes of this lecture series that I did this last spring was. I think people started to um, see that this is a disease, it's not just a, a disease of choice, um, and kind of to remove the stigma of this, the opioid crisis. It's, it's something, I mean, it is serious, but I think the people who are suffering, um, this, this wasn't a choice that they mm-hmm. wanted to have. And so we
1: just need to kind of remove that stigma of the person who is suffering with the addiction. Mm, I agree with you on that. Mm. Well, we're, um, uh, unfortunately, we could talk about this <laughs> all day and we're, okay. we're rapidly running out of mm-hmm. time, but any final information you wanna get out there? Any misperceptions you wanna clarify, mm. clear up? I guess I would
0: add just that pharmacists are a very accessible person, of the healthcare system, and if people do have questions, that they can come to their pharmacy and ask their pharmacist for guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, we're there. You can. You don't have to get an appointment. Um, you, there's a lot of pharmacies in you know Montana, and so just look at the pharmacist as a resource.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so. And a lot of good things going on at the university. Mm-hmm. And one yeah. little bit of information I want to pass on. I know University of Montana received a multi-million dollar contract mm-hmm. to develop a vaccine targeting opioid addiction. So we'll yeah. certainly be following that mm-hmm. and uh, find out you know, how that project moves along. It, it sounds amazing, very yes. promising, and there's hope out there, right? There is, yeah. and that was the other thing that I, the overall
0: um, assessment that I had for this last class that we did in the spring is that I felt, Hopeful, mm-hmm. and that was—that's um, good.
1: And that's what we want. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so March, much. Kim. Thank you. Okay. And that's mm-hmm. wraps up this podcast.
0: <laughs> and now, Spotlight Montana with Laurel Staples.